Hello, and welcome to The Artist Pivot, a weekly conversation with artists about their current pivot, past pivots, and every pivot in between. I am your host, Ayana Major Bay, an actress who wants to educate, empower, and celebrate artists so they have no option but to thrive. On this episode, I am joined by former actress, whiskey educator, and now whiskey distiller apprentice, Tracy Franklin. She grew up in a military family and is now based in D.C. Traveling and seeking out unique foods drives her adventurous side, and this year she was awarded the Scotch Ambassador of the Year 2020 by Whiskey Magazine. We discuss how her transition from the arts into whiskey wasn't intentional, but proved to be the right path how she doesn't ever want to use her talent for something she doesn't believe in, and that she wants to change the face of whiskey and the perception of who should enjoy it. Here's our conversation. Miss Tracy Franklin, how are you doing, my dear? I am quite well. It's been an interesting year. Hmm? Yes, it (laughs) has. (laughs) Yes, thank you for using the word interesting and not unprecedented. Thank you very much. Because I mean, it is both. It It is both. I just can't stand that word anymore. <laughs> okay. I understand that. Yes. Uh, I, I think, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But actually, I've been really, really lucky. And, and I count my blessings every day that for me, the opportunities in COVID have actually expanded. Where mm-hmm. I, And I know so many people that are actually at the other end of that situation. And I'm you know, mourning for a lot of friends and a lot of people and a lot of careers that have had to, which is what we're on, that have had mm-hmm. to pivot and had to completely change their their plans. So I've been very lucky that, yes, my plans are changing, but in a way that's really beneficial for me. Right, right. And and that's amazing. That is it's amazing. A, yeah. I'm yeah, very it's lucky. a blessing. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I've known you for whoo, how many years now? Girl, let's not talk about it. Just, okay, about okay. Age. Right, we're not going to talk about it. Okay, we're going to gloss over that question. We gonna, we... Okay. <laughs> it has been a long time, though. Uh-huh, and, then if it I, and it's been wonderful. I, I mm-hmm. love, so we met in, what did we meet? Where did oh, we go? Hairspray? I think oh, Hairspray, purple? yes. It was Hairspray. Uh, was it, was, I think it was Hairspray. I oh, think so too. One of those, yeah. I'm pretty sure, right? Because <laughs> everybody, sure. every black woman has done mm-hmm. hairspray or color purple, and yes. actually, and color purple. Yes. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's basically, I what was wonderful that was it. It was a wonderful tour. I am really, really grateful to have had all of those experiences. I was able to travel a lot to perform in some incredible productions. But it feels like that's a totally different chapter of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And 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 let's talk about that. So I know that we met and you were an actress and then you made a big pivot a while ago. And I want you to I elaborate did. about that. I, I yes. So I went to college studying musical theater. I graduated from Orange um, from Fullerton University with a BFA in musical theater. I came out working. I was very lucky. I immediately started work on a cruise ship. Then I booked a Disney um, show that actually toured the world. It was their first production that they'd done live production for children mm-hmm. and toured the world with that. Then came back to New York and was just picking up a lot of little gigs and booked a few different national tours, which is where we met. And it was going well. I was doing the thing along with also working as a bartender because I wasn't doing the thing that well. Um <laughs> So working as a bartender and kind of balancing that with auditioning and booking a show and leaving for months at a time, 
Mm-hmm. And there came a kind of a point I was in an off-Broadway show. My The person I was dating at that time got a really wonderful position with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and mm-hmm. was planning to move to Tampa. So he had been incredibly supportive of all of my travel. And I thought it would behoove me to follow him for a little while. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was kind of felt I was coming into a strange age as a performer where my voice felt and sounded much older than I looked. I was still able to look very young. I wasn't kicking my face quite as much as I did before. And my agent at the time said, if you're going to take a break, this is the time. So Mm. the goal for me was just to take a break. I wasn't planning. I was planning actually to go down to Florida and work at theaters down there. But I also was equity and there weren't a ton of equity theaters that I was dying to work for. And especially with a, a shift that was happening in my career. So moved down to Tampa and decided to take this passion that I had in whiskey and to turn that into another opportunity. I had already created a marketing company in New York that was all about increasing diversity in the world of whiskey. So mm-hmm. that was called Worski. And the basically brands would hire us and we would throw their events in a mm-hmm. way that actually was appealing to young people, people of color, the LGBTQ plus community, whatever it may be, there were definitely people that they were not able to market to. And we were kind of that conduit. Mm-hmm. That was going very well. But again, I moved to Tampa, Florida. And it's very hard to keep that business going while living in Florida. So instead, I took a job at a whiskey bar and kind of moved up through the ranks to become sort of their head whiskey person. People would come in and request a flight from me. We would, I would teach classes. I would, you know, help select what was going to be on the back bar. And that really started to raise this star, this my uh, sort of platform in this community. And that just spread because there weren't a lot of women especially Mm -hmm. black women that knew about whiskey in the way that I did, that talked about whiskey in the way that I did. And that really got brands interested. And that's what I started kind of shifting because I still was able to tell stories. I was still able to be a part of the community in a way that I, I was, I was taking them on a journey in my tastings. So I felt like I was kind of getting some of that acting in there. Mm-hmm. but I was getting paid more. All right. <laughs> and I, it was steady work. Like there was constant need for me. Mm-hmm. So I really, so it just became one of these things. It, it became very difficult for me to step back into entertainment, even though I still to this day miss it more than anything. I cry sometimes just because I'm not singing because I'm not on the stage because I just miss that vulnerability. I miss that aspect of storytelling. Mm-hmm. But I am also right now changing the world in a way through whiskey. I am creating actual tangible change in a community. And I don't know that I would have done that same thing had I stayed in, in theater. So currently Mm -hmm. I am part of the nearest and Jack advancement initiative, which is a program that's taking lead. And I'm part of a specific portion of it called the leadership acceleration program. They are taking leaders in the community that are, African-American black leaders in the whiskey community and basically filling in your experience and your education to get you to a role that you would like in the industry. So I would love to get to the process side and to become a head distiller. So I am currently head distiller apprentice for the nearest Mm -hmm. to Jack advancement initiative. And it's incredible. I get the opportunity to talk on different panels about diversity, to talk about my experience in the whiskey industry, to talk about the growth that is coming, the ways that we can actually start to change 
the faces of whiskey, the, the people that are representative of whiskey and the people that are actually behind the scenes creating our whiskeys. I, I'm actually someone who is at the forefront of that. And it's pretty exciting, but I still miss standing in front of an audience and feeling them gasp with you and feeling them breathe with you and cry with you. So yeah, it's, it, but I, I, I don't know how I'll be able to meld the two, but it is something that I've had. I, I have a, an idea that's in my head mm-hmm. that I just need to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect segue. Like you literally took get out of my head. You took the question out of my head as you just Uh-oh. said that, like, how are you thinking about blending the two? Cause I can literally feel your passion through the microphone. Like We're in different <laughs> spots right now, but it's like how you miss the stage so much and miss that, you know, that audience connection, even though, you know, when you're doing um, the teaching about whiskey and, and the different flights and all these things, you are telling stories and you are you do have an audience. But, you know, blending your two loves of whiskey and the stage. And yeah. the question was like, yeah, have you thought about that? But clearly you just said you have. You just, you know, <laughs> playing with some ideas. I have. And what's and I honestly I probably should have taken some more time in COVID to focus on writing out exactly what I wanted to, to talk, talk about. What's interesting is what I'm thinking of, I have seen it. And I, I feel like this is one of those things, if, if you're a frou-frou weirdo person like me, but I've seen the production in my head years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I know exactly what I'm creating and I don't know why I'm stopping myself because I've already seen it. Like mm-hmm. I know what it is. I've, I literally like have had dreams about it. Mm-hmm. And it's so strange that I'm literally standing in my own way, and I don't exactly know why. But I'm I'm working on manifesting. The full moon was this was uh, last week, so I am working on manifesting the things that I'm supposed to be doing. And I do believe that telling this story, telling my story through whiskey, through song, is it needs to happen. Yes, so. yes, it does. <laughs> yes, blending your two loves, and like if you've seen it, because I've I've done that too. I've seen things over the years of like, oh, I've had this vision of this, and mm-hmm. you know, write it down, but then you ignore it. Yep. And you're stopping yourself. And, you know, why? Why are we stopping ourselves? Is Are we scared? Are we Absolutely. scared of our own potential? Absolutely. Like It's mm-hmm. fear. It is, mm-hmm. it is fear. I do believe that. And I know that that's also my tendency is that I will get to the edge of something and like to the edge of success, to the edge of, of this goal and mm-hmm. just stop because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of what happens at the other side of that. It's not even about achieving that, but what happens on the other side of that? What does that turn into? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we as human beings do as well. It's not that we are necessarily afraid of failure, but I think sometimes we're afraid of success. Yeah. And I, I admit that. Yeah. I, I I agree with that statement. We are afraid of success. And well, you know, admitting it is the first step. Okay. <laughs> Now, I, what do I do about Rachel it? Franklin. <laughs> I am I am afraid of success. Um. <laughs> Hi, Tracy. Nice to meet you. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. So, so my career. So, my pivot was very different, and it wasn't intentional. Honestly, mm-hmm. I just thought I was going to follow a boy for a little bit. He is now my husband, by the way. Yay! <laughs> uh, yes, and he is the most incredible, most supportive person I have in my life. And so that mm-hmm. was why, and I knew by that. So we had already been dating for like five, six years. Mm-hmm. We started out as friends and we're just friends for three years and dated for like three years and then moved in together for two and then got married. And so he's my dude. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. And it just became one of those things that he was, his goal was for me to move to Tampa and for him to provide for us. So I could just fly anywhere I wanted and be able to take that time out to go perform 
more regional theater and just kind of build and do shows that I wanted. I really wanted to get back into doing Shakespeare and more straight plays. Mm-hmm. But regional theater doesn't pay well. <laughs> yes, that's not and a secret. I just, yeah. <laughs> and I, I know, and I just couldn't. I, it just felt as if people were taking advantage. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not, I also know that there's not always a lot of money in regional theater as an actual theater that's putting so I, I understand it. I just was at a point in my life where we wanted to save, we wanted to buy a house. And it's really difficult as performers in this in in this industry, and especially if you're not a Broadway star, which very few of us are, to be able mm-hmm. to do things like buy a house because your income is so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And I was just getting a little tired of that. Yeah. And I it was offered a way out. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that that makes sense. That makes sense. But I also think, as you said, this you got offered a way out. Wasn't like you completely turning your back on the industry, though. Like you are still for me, you're still performing like when you are at this whiskey bar telling these stories and and teaching people about whiskey and you have the passion for people to learn. That is, that is a performance. You know, that is you are using the skills that you've learned and acquired over all these years. A hundred percent. I'm definitely using that ability to tell a story. And it's why I've been done so well in this position as well. Um, I've been able to rise up through the ranks so quickly because I'm able to really take people on a journey. I'm able to get them excited about whatever it is that I'm talking about. And it's also why I've had to be very careful about the brands I choose to work for because I'm also, Mm. I know what my talents are Mm -hmm. and I don't want to use them for something I don't believe in. I don't want to, I don't want to just be a marketer. I don't want to just sell something with talking points and just like walk up and put on this great performance and walk away with this role, like with within whiskey. I want to be somebody who's trusted. I want to build up my education. I want to be someone that is a leader in this industry and somebody that people can go to and, and honestly trust my, my thoughts and, and, um, just whatever my beliefs are about whatever it is within the, in the industry. And it's not just because somebody's paying my bills that I am talking, speaking highly of them. Hmm. And that was, that. that's a really fine balance because it's really easy to just take a really nice paycheck and sit back and sell something, whether or not you believe in it, especially when you're good at it. Mm-hmm. So I have to be, I had to be very careful about making sure that I'm always speaking from an honest place. Right. Um, Luckily, I really do love whiskey. I love whiskey as a category, which we can talk about that whole category a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But I love whiskey as a category. And I love that I'm able to change the way that people perceive who should be drinking whiskey. That was the goal that that we set more than 10 years ago. So Jennifer Wren and I, she was my partner in Worski. And our goal was to change the face of whiskey because she was a white woman. I was a black woman. Either way, we were often the only women or mm-hmm. one of very few women. And I was more than likely what the only black woman and maybe one of a few black people in a room of whiskey enthusiasts. And we wanted to make sure that that was changing. And now as I'm looking back and seeing what's happening within the industry, it has changed. And I mm-hmm. know that part of my, my work was part of that. And mm-hmm. now I'm continuing it in a way that it's actually going to build wealth within the black community. One of the things people don't understand is there is a lot of money in the liquor industry. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. And they have been, unfortunately, it liquor also does a really a true disservice to people who are addicts, to people mm-hmm. who uh, are looking for that, that 
that last bit of bastion of something joyful, of, of hope, something that will make them forget their troubles. And it is easy to access. And there are lots of options that are very cheap and it's done a, a, a lot of damage within the black community. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite aware. And I think if we are able to get more people of color on the other side as representatives, as marketers, as producers, we can start to really change the tide and maybe within our community show people that you the ways to enjoy it, the mm-hmm. refined, beautiful flavors of whiskey, but also how we can help our communities to step away from some of those sort of rot gut spirits and and really support people who are in positions that need help, that really just need therapy or something. I, I, I think we have to look at both sides of it. And by bringing more people of color, more diversity, we can approach as an industry a lot of the problems within the black community with alcohol. Right. Right. I don't know and if I talked in a narrative now. No, you didn't. You did. Okay. You did not talk. In a circle. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good. But it's you know yes, you can change the narrative. Yes. Change the narrative. I, I and I want to change the narrative because right now my mother says to me about every week, "I'm so proud of you, but I wish it wasn't whiskey." Mm. And I'm doing really wonderful things that make me very happy and very proud. But I also have this big hole that. I understand what she's saying because she's seen it do damage. Like she has people in her family who are alcoholics. Like mm-hmm. my grandfather d- had problems with alcohol. So I understand what people are, what the kind of hesitancy to give mm-hmm. in full force to this thing, this drug, this legal drug that has caused harm. But I've also seen the amazing power it has to unite, to create mm-hmm. community, to bring joy. And I want for that to be the way that we always approach our spirits. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to get a more diverse community to then really look at the way that we are marketing, the stories that we're telling about the spirit, what it can be used for, who is allowed to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And as we're changing that, I know that the community will change the way that they look at it and the way that they use it. Yes. Yes, I I agree with you. you they, they need to be exposed to a different way of a different perspective, yes. a different way of looking at it, a different story. And for me, that brings up wine tasting. Like mm. to me, like I'm like walking through a vineyard. I love it. I'm tasting the wine, just little sips of this and trying to figure out the notes and, you know, you know, getting asked questions by the sommelier and like, you know, trying to figure out all the elegant things about this wine and where it was made and, and how long it's aged and all of these things. And whiskey has that same thing of how long it was aged, what barrel it was in, what distillery it came from, all of these things. But you're right. A lot of people in our community don't know this. They just know, unfortunately, the, the cheap whiskey that they can buy to try and unfortunately drown their problems, which is a problem in our community. That is, that is a problem in our community. But if you, if you, we kind of change the narrative. And I think that's what you're doing. You are contributing to the change of the narrative. I hope so. I know that there, it's not just me. So one of my dear friends is Samara Rivers, who runs Black Bourbon Society, which is now up to 20,000 members. Mm-hmm. And our, she, I was one of the first people she reached out to because she saw what I did with Worski and she said, I'm thinking of doing this. And I wholeheartedly supported her and wholeheartedly cheer her on every day Mm -hmm. because she's creating an educated community of black drinkers who are now going to start to put pressure on the industry and put pressure on brands to speak to us as we as if we are a part of 
the industry, as if we are a part of the community that is important and valuable to them. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I am so excited about because there's there is so much delicious whiskey that I want to drink with people. (laughs) And I, and the more that we're able to really talk to these brands and show them that we are coming with an educated palate, uh, knowing about the process, understanding how to drink, how to taste, how to appreciate what's in front of us. We're going to to look at the marketing they send us and say, that's BS and I'm not supporting you. My money will go elsewhere. And that's what we're going to see change. So really excited about that. Yes. Yes. I'm excited for you. That sounds great. (laughs) Yes. But I do want to circle back to something you mentioned about the, was it whiskey categories or the category of whiskey? Let Break it down, sis. Educate me right now. This is an education moment. Let me get my notebook out. (laughs) Right. So this is just one of those things that everybody kind of gets a little bit confused is Mm -hmm. whiskey is the overhanging category. So a lot of things are whiskey. Mm -hmm. Whiskey is a distilled spirit made from grain. Mm-hmm. typically aged in oak casks, right? So that's pretty, that's a lot of things. So it can be made from corn or rice or wheat or barley, like any, or millet or oats. It's mm-hmm. any spirit made from just from grain, right? Mm-hmm. And then aged in oak casks. So from there is where you start to get the categories that people know. So bourbon is its own distinct category. It has to be made in the United States. It has to be, you know, aged in new charred oak casks. Uh, not distilled to higher than 160 proof or 80%. So mm-hmm. there's all these rules to be bourbon. Scotch, right? People always talk about that. They're like, oh, that's Scotch. Mm-hmm. That's not whiskey. But it is. Everything is whiskey. Mm-hmm. Not everything is then bourbon or Scotch or Irish whiskey or rye mm-hmm. whiskey. So that's okay. where it breaks down. So I always just love to kind of let people know that because it changes the way you look at it. So when you go to Scotland, you won't say, can I have Scotch? You'll say, can I have a whiskey? Yeah. Because they will look at you like you're crazy if you ask for scotch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I learned I learned that real quick because I remember going to a distillery in Edinburgh. Yeah. And yeah, like learning about some of these things. But it was like, yeah, you don't ask for scotch. You ask for whiskey. <laughs> because consider that. It's just whiskey in there. You know, it just happens to be made in Scotland. So when you're in Scotland, that is just their whiskey. And also mm-hmm. what I love about that is when you and hopefully you felt this when you were there. Mm-hmm. That here in the United States, we think scotch is just the be all end all. It is for rich people. It is prestigious. It is just Mm -hmm. the top notch spirit and nobody else should be drinking it. If you are just learning, do not touch the scotch because that's not for you. But when you're in Scotland, it's just whiskey. Yeah. It's just meant to be consumed. It's meant to be enjoyed with your friend. It is meant to go on your pudding for breakfast if you want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. right right but you know it really took all of the these this crazy rules and regulations that we have this pomp and circumstance that's that's always been a part of of scotch whiskey it really took that away and i wanted other people here in the united states to understand that to drink Mm -hmm. to think of it the same way that the scots think of it and that's been really enlightening that's for a lot of people and i've had a lot of people who reach out and they're like i like scotch now because of you and that made me so excited (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Great. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, the U.S. has a lot of pomp and circumstance over a lot of things that it shouldn't. Like once you leave the country and you go to a different country and experience things, you're like, oh, wait a minute. What? We have all this pomp and circumstance about it in the U.S., but you go to Scotland, you go to Italy, you go to South Africa and experience whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, everybody can. Oh, this is for everybody? (laughs) Oh, wait. I don't got to be like a millionaire to to partake in it? 
Oh, well, okay. <laughs> right. And I think that part of that, it, it's, it, we all know where that comes from, but that is rooted mm-hmm. in our core. You know, yeah. the, the American society is built on separation. It is built on, on um, creating classes. Honestly, it's about class. Mm-hmm. And so we've structured specific enjoyment, specific pleasures to only belong to a specific class. And that's passed on into our everyday that there are just certain things that only specific groups should have because they are, they have more money, they have more education, they, you know, have the ability to understand completely this, this nuanced thing, but Mm -hmm. it's not that. And as we're starting to really break down some of the barriers within our, I think even just our social groups. Mm-hmm. We're really starting to talk about what's been held up as normal, what's been held up as, you know, as the standard. Mm-hmm. And we're realizing the other cultures that have been damaged or diminished based on that. We're going to shift kind of that focus and really allow everything to come at a, at a at the same sort of level. And I think that's going to allow all of us to celebrate each other even more. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope so too. I hope. And and that's a perfect segue, actually. The next question I wanted to ask Uh you was, what do you, no, no, no. uh Uh-oh. What do you hope the whiskey industry learns from this, you know, pandemic and this shift we've had to make? And also even things you have observed, even though you're not in it, I still consider you an artist, you know, but but what do you hope the, the entertainment industry learns as well from this pandemic? And, and, you know, we've lifted the rug from things that, over the years have just kept getting brushed under the rug. Yes. I think I'm still learning. I'm still Mm -hmm. growing. I'm still changing, but the biggest growth that I've had has been in understanding where I've been diminished based on culture, Hmm. based on standards that were set by the world and not by people who loved me Mm -hmm. and or even by people who love me, but because the world told them that I was only going to be successful if I were like this. Mm. So, so many people of color understand that we have to be better. We have to be, we have to excel at school. We have to excel in the arts, whatever it may be. We have to be better to be noticed and to probably be paid less. And that also causes us to change our being to emulate those who are achieving those who are mm-hmm. successful and powerful, we change our essence to be similar to theirs because we realize that is the path. That is the way mm-hmm. to that access. And really being able to dig deep into that systemic sort of white supremacist thought and theory mm-hmm. has shown me how much damage that's done to me and then how I in turn have done damage to others by not recognizing their just core being and honoring that, but instead expecting them to stay to step up and and excel in the same ways that I had. So I hope we continue to dig deep into this work and that we allow each person to live as their full selves. When we do that, the entertainment that we have access to that is created, that is filling our souls is going to change. We will Mm -hmm. no longer put the same barriers in place for people to be successful. We're, we hopefully will not create standards that are set on one beauty type um, music that is, you know, set to one popular well-known group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will allow stories that 
may not be ours that are that we don't recognize, but that still ring true. Yeah. I want more voices from all communities because the more we hear these stories, the more we understand the effects of life, period, just of living, mm-hmm. the more empathetic I think we can become. Yes. Within the whiskey industry, we are definitely doing a bit of uh, some internal searching only because the lack of diversity is so apparent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have been talking about women in whiskey for 10 years. And finally, people are starting to realize the intersectionality of people of color Mm -hmm. and being a woman. And I'm now being able to speak on panels that are taking this to task and saying, how, why is this possible? What is it about our industry that has created success only for specific groups of people or even access only for specific groups of people. And while I can give them a lot of answers about that and try to on panels, I think that it still needs to be handled by trained professionals who are actually educated in diversity and inclusion and who have tools that can change the brands and the corporations and their social structures to support creating diversity because we can't just throw black people in. Like I am that black Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. I get thrown into the situations always. Like that's literally what I, who I've been, I feel like throughout my life. Because I could emulate the white standards. That did mm-hmm. me harm. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know I don't know who I truly am. And that is something that I'm constantly working on. And I am so much closer to that than I mm-hmm. thought I was. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that there are other people coming behind me. And I want to ensure that I am laying out a path for them where they do not have to dim their light. Where they don't have to silence their voice. Where they can come and step into this role and be their full selves and be celebrated for that. And I think we're going to get to a place that that's going to happen, but there's still so many, (sighs) there's just a stigma in whiskey. There's, there's just so many different, there's so much heritage and tradition around it. that it's Mm -hmm. really hard to, to break those apart and say, I still honor where this came from. I still honor this heritage, but we have to move forward. We have to acknowledge the mistakes and, and move forward. Because as I, the whiskey industry is a reflection of society at, right now, we, we must acknowledge the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Until we do that, we can't move forward. People are still going to be suffering. So I'm hoping that in programs like the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative, and um, I know there's a gentleman that's creating the Michael Jackson uh, School of Distillation. He's got a program for, for brewers and distillers. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different brands that are going to be investing in, in minority communities and creating roles and opportunities within their companies. And I'm hoping that we keep an eye on this, that it's not just a a figurative like sort of thing, that it's not just performative, but Mm -hmm. that we're actually thinking about how we can actively change the culture inside the whiskey industry. Right. That's a lot. Sorry. Yeah. Don't be sorry. That was was great. (laughs) That was beautiful. That was that's that was the answer to the question. Okay. (laughs) For all of you guys listening, listening, I talk a lot. Obviously. (laughs) No, I love it. Give give me the information. Um, And I actually have one one other question for you. Um, So, because you did make a pivot from the arts into whiskey. What would you say to other artists right now who are struggling to make a pivot and maybe feel like they're turning their back on their arts? Mm. Excuse me. Or, what should I say? yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted to say. So, that is, that is actually it. Yeah. Because yeah, you do you feel, you feel like, feel like, like turning, you're, 
yeah. you're cutting off a part of yourself. Yes. That's what it feels yes. like. That's it, what it, it feels it, like, yeah. And you might have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I So different for me. So this yeah. is interesting because my, so the person that started Worski with me, she was also a performer. We were both equity. And she said about maybe five, six years ago, when we both were starting to get these opportunities in whiskey, she's now an ambassador for Dalmore and Jura and doing great as well. Mm-hmm. She's white and awesome. But mm-hmm. she said, I don't want to perform anymore. Like she was at a point where she's like, I'm done. Like I've struggled. I'm not surviving here in New York. I'm not living well. And somebody's offering me a full-time job with benefits, like T&E to go out and buy drinks and stay wherever I want. Why wouldn't I jump at that? Mm-hmm. I held on to my equity card because mm-hmm. it hurt. Like I cried so hard thinking about not having my equity card because I mm-hmm. knew how hard I worked to get that thing. Mm-hmm. And the thought of not still being a part of this community, not being a part of this union was heartbreaking because it was a, such so much a part. I, I grew up wanting to do this, right? I grew up, mm-hmm. I went through high school singing. I was in college for this. I, it's just what, my whole life had been wrapped around how do I get to Broadway and do this thing mm-hmm. and to then stop and go somewhere else was just a frightening, frightening thought. Yeah. So I still have my equity card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is on hold <laughs> uh-huh. because why? Like I'm a crazy person. Why? Why? But here's why, because the next thing I want to do, maybe I'll need that. Maybe yeah. putting this, this show together, maybe that will be helpful that I still have that connection to the the community and I'll be able to really negotiate a a wage or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But for those of you that are thinking about pivoting, that are having a hard time, that are struggling, I hear you keep as many ties as you can, but maybe give yourself a a certain amount of time to simply pursue the other thing. Say maybe Mm -hmm. for, you know, one year, for two years, I'm going to focus on this other career, on this other thing that hopefully you are passionate about. So if you are a great, you know, if you're a great spokesperson, if you are great at accounting, maybe you're just like super organized, whatever it may be, like find something that you're really good at that you enjoy because you still want to find something you enjoy if if possible, but give yourself permission to step away and not feel that regret. Like, cause I did actually, cause for me, it was, it was only going to be for a short amount of time. I was like, I'm only doing this for two years, right? That's Mm -hmm. it. And I'm moving back to New York. It did turn into something else, which I think is your life will let, will tell you where you're supposed, like your path will unfold before you. Mm -hmm. So if after that year, you just can't stand it and you want to continue going back to theater, it's only been a year. It's totally fine. You still have your connections. Your agent knows that you were only taking a year. Here's why. So you're good to go back. So Mm -hmm. I think that's maybe a a smart way to do it is, is just give yourself a short limited amount of time to go. And then you'll see, am I happier actually doing this other thing? And can I then supplement it with community theater? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That would be my advice. Right. I can't say that it 100% works because I still cry every time the Tonys come around. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's also okay. It's getting better. Yeah. Every time I go to a show, I cry. Yeah. And it's not because I'm crying because the show is sad. It's because I'm just like, I want to be up there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I still go to shows all the time. And I love all of you that are still out there fighting the good fight. And if there's anything I can do for you, if you want to set up a, a theater only, a Artist only whiskey tasting. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> because I respect what you are giving to the community and we need more artists, but I also know we have to survive. And you also, it's about quality of life. 
So when it becomes a point that you don't have a quality of life that you want to endure, give yourself permission to step away for a short period of time to pursue something else. See if that allows your your opportunities to change, if it provides more abundance. Mm-hmm. And if it does, maybe that's the path you're meant to take for now. We never know what's coming later. Right. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thanks. That was beautiful. That was, yeah, that was it. <laughs> oh. Thank you for having me. I haven't spoken about my life in theater in a while. Like I always just do a little short recap for people because everyone's like, oh, you're a whiskey person, but you come from theater. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. But really talking about the pain of that, that severance, it was, a, it, was, it was actually a painful time of really separating from knowing I was going to be performing every day to, mm-hmm. yes, performing at a whiskey tasting, but it's very different when you're telling a story for, I don't know, I don't know. It's very, it's mm-hmm. very different. Yeah. It's different yeah. when you know your, like your storytelling is for a brand that's paying you. Mm, which is mm-hmm. why I really enjoy doing tastings that are just whiskey tastings. Cause then I'm telling a story because I want to inspire you to fall in love with a category that has meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Understood. Understood. <laughs> thank you for sharing. It's my pleasure. This was really wonderful. I, I thank you so much for having me. I hope that something I said was helpful. And if you would like to reach out my number, I'm on Instagram. I'm spirited underscore Tracy with an IE and I am always in my little DMs answering people. So feel free to reach out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And yeah. I try to provide a lot of education. So this month is about fermentation. Mm-hmm. We're studying fermentation. Mm-hmm. And even if it's, you know, performance opportunities, maybe, I mean, I'm happy to come and do your reading. <laughs> okay. Y'all hear that? She's available for readings too. Whiskey tastings and readings. Here we go, y'all. Okay, don't worry. I'm going to put it... I'm gonna put it all in the show notes. So you'll get my Instagram it. and everything. She's available for whiskey tastings and readings. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes. Thank but, you so uh, much for having me. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. But before I let you go, yes. I have one last thing to say to you. And that is that I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. And may you you continually be uplifted as well. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're creating this opportunity for people to share their stories and provide a little bit of guidance to the artist community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tracy, thank you so much for sharing. Because of you, using Black women and whiskey in a sentence together will become commonplace. From sharing a story on stage to behind the bar, I know your presence is one of a kind. We never know what path life is going to take, but if we are passionate about what's on said path, then enjoy the ride. I hope that even if you have to take a short break in this time from pursuing your first love of the arts, you are now pursuing something else that brings you joy. Tracy, thank you again, and thank you for tuning in. I'll speak to you soon.